0: Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkofsky. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hey, self-lovers. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure you know about my two books on self-love. If you're struggling with body image or self-acceptance, then I highly recommend you check out my first book, The Gift of Self-Love. It's a comprehensive workbook to help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to love who you are. You can get it wherever books are sold by searching for The Gift of Self-Love or go to my website, maryscupoftea.com slash book. Thousands of you have read and dove into The Gift of Self-Love. The reviews are just incredible. So many five-star reviews, and I'm so forever grateful that it has touched your lives in such a big way. After publishing The Gift of Self-Love and reading all your positive feedback, I noticed that many of you asked me for a tool that would help you build a daily practice of self-love into your life, which is why I decided to create a new self-love journal, 100 Days of Self-Love. It's got 100 journaling prompts that cover all areas of life—body, identity, purpose, relationships, emotions, and more. So you can think of this as a metaphorical multivitamin for self-love. You can get the journal wherever books are sold as well by searching for 100 Days of Self-Love or go to of slash journal. These two books, The Gift of Self-Love, The Workbook— And 100 Days of Self-Love, the journal, are complementary to one another, so the content does not overlap. It just depends on what you want or need at this point in your life. It's my mission to share all the self-love tools with you, so I hope that both my books and this podcast can help you do just that. Hello, my self-lovers. I am so thrilled to be behind the microphone talking to you again. I know it doesn't feel like I've been gone to you because I pre-record episodes and still try to get them out to you on a weekly basis, but I have been out of town the past couple of weeks hosting a self-love retreat in Costa Rica, which was so fun and amazing and fulfilling and also brought up a lot of mixed emotions for me for a couple of different reasons. In case you haven't seen the update on social media, I recently announced, although I've kind of been hinting at it all year, but I recently announced that I am officially taking a step back from retreats for now. So the retreat that I just hosted was my last retreat for now. (laughs) And I'm doing this for, I don't know, honestly, I feel kind of silly doing this. And when I say silly, that is my way of using more self-compassionate language when what I really want to say is I feel stupid for doing this because retreats just got to a point where I feel like I'm getting a handle on the planning process and I feel more and more comfortable as a facilitator and a speaker. And they've let me meet the most amazing people and travel to beautiful places and experience life and like create a career for myself that I've always, always dreamed of. And so taking a step back from it without a concrete reason, it's like the pandemic didn't stop me. We still made it through that. But now like doing it out of my own volition feels like not what most people would do or not what I usually would do. But It's been something I was thinking about for a while because ever since I started retreats in 2018 was when I started planning my first retreat. It was like one after the other. Every time I closed out a retreat, there was always another one coming up. And they just take a lot out of me, like financially and energetically and emotionally and physically. Like I feel like I have become a little bit more of a (laughs) homebody. Never thought I would say that. If you would have asked me three years ago, I would have been like, let's travel to all the places and do all the things. And I don't care about being in one place for any certain amount of time. But I did find myself getting homesick this last time and really wishing that there was a way I could do this that was a little bit more sustainable for me. I know that life or work doesn't stop when you get married, but I am getting married in March. And because I have the privilege and luxury of running my own business, I do want to take a little bit of time off for that and just really enjoy my wedding and the honeymoon that we've been talking about. We're hoping to do some kind of safari experience. And when it comes to retreats, like every time I'm locked into a retreat, I'm really, really excited about it, but it also puts a lot of the other things in my life on hold because my whole life and even my whole like relationship revolves around this retreat I have coming up, so the places we travel or the things we do or the planning always revolves around me being out of town for retreats and like the month I need before to prepare or the months I need before and the couple of weeks after that it takes for me to decompress so All of that to say, I promise I'm getting to our topic of the podcast episode today. This new year and the topic we're going to be talking about today, which is setting intentions for the year to come, it just feels very timely on a personal level because usually I don't go into the new year being like new year, new me, because things kind of feel more or less the same. But this year is a little bit different because I Am taking away a very big part of my life. And I feel like, in order to fill it and have some sense of like purpose and peace mentally, I am taking my intention setting process extra seriously this new year. So, I don't know if that resonates with you but what I have noticed in speaking to people is that after the pandemic we all kind of expected things to be like happy go lucky back to normal life and of course that didn't happen like not only is normal life so different but also for me personally 2022 has been a year of like a little bit more sadness and grief and feeling lost and like things are moving too quickly. And I think it's been like this natural or maybe not natural, maybe inevitable like rubber band snap after the pandemic that things just kind of like snapped back really weirdly. So I'm still working on finding my ground and staying grounded. And I wanted to talk about my process for setting New Year's intentions in the simplest way possible. So I promise this is not gonna be like a crazy long day that you need to dedicate to this. I truly just did it before recording this podcast episode, and it took me like maybe 20 minutes. And I will be revisiting it, but only for the purpose of making it a little bit more organized. But in terms of like how I approach New Year intention setting, Over the past three years, I've kind of got it down to a flow that works really well for me because it is so simple and doable. And I use the word intentions here very mindfully because I don't think that things just like change overnight. And I don't really believe in setting like big outrageous goals just because... (laughs) the calendar decided to switch to a different number. I think we can do that at any time of our lives and the more like pressure we put on ourselves to have everything figured out once the clock strikes midnight, the worse we're going to feel, you know, 3 weeks into January when we're not doing some of those things we set out to do. So instead, I have developed a little bit more of a gentler approach. So let's get into it. It's only three steps, four if you are an overachiever. I will explain the optional fourth step in just a little bit, but basically you are going to start with a word of the year. Hopefully, maybe you've already been doing this. I did talk about it in the New Year's podcast episodes last year, but having a word of the year, it just gives your year a theme. It feels so accessible and also like powerful and i just really love having a word of the year not because i obsess over it but actually the opposite i kind of have a word of the year and then i forget about it and then i look back and i'm like whoa that actually like happened and when you have just one word of the year and not this like crazy specific outrageous goal it's more likely that things will come into fruition very organically without any pressure or force. And hopefully it can also be really fun to talk about your word of the year with friends and keep it kind of simmering in the back of your mind as you're going through 2023. So I was racking my brain trying to come up with a word of the year to share with you on this podcast episode. And after a couple of weeks, actually, I've been thinking about this it hasn't been coming to me. I mean, certain themes have been popping up around pleasure and joy and playfulness and freedom and flow. So I have a couple of years floating, but I haven't landed on one particular word yet. And I think this is a great opportunity to share with you that this whole intention-setting practice, like You don't have to have it perfect right away, and this is why I'm releasing this podcast episode a little bit before January 1st. I want you to have time to do this. I want you to just take some time to ponder before you write things down. So I've kind of started journaling and putting together my intentions, but I'm leaving lots of blanks. And the way I journal for this specifically It's not actually handwritten. I use a tool called Notion, which I'll tell you about in a little bit, but Notion is this digital planning platform and I use it for Mary's Cup of Tea, for the podcast, for retreats. We've created all kinds of systems for that there. I'm even doing like my wedding planning, personal budget, like literally my whole like life and work management is in Notion. You can look it up. People rave about it. There are so many YouTube videos about it. And I am absolutely obsessed with it because when you're typing things, it just gives you more flexibility to change as you go and to add and modify. So if that resonates, you might enjoy Notion. But if not, you can always like go back in your journaling pages and add little carrots. You know, when you put a carrot and you add more words or you change things, I mean, sometimes. A messy journal is the best journal. So anyway, start thinking about your word of the year. In 2022, my word of the year was home, which is so funny because at the beginning of this podcast episode, I mentioned how I created such a strong sense of home over the year that I was honestly feeling homesick. And when I came up with the word home, I was thinking about how I really want to like bring my friends into my home more often and have this like open door ambiance when it comes to our home. And like we redecorated quite a bit and I found myself just like inviting my family over, which is something I didn't do that much before. So I just feel like so at home and that doesn't just include the physical structure, but it was also finding a sense of home within myself. So I'm actually like really proud and pleased of how that word came into fruition. And in 2021, my word of the year was adventure. And I know that's like a weird <laughs> pandemic word of the year, but it started with us building a van. And when we built the van, we did this Pacific Northwest road trip all the way up Highway 1 through California and into Oregon. And we were chasing waterfalls and seeing places like Crater Lake and all the big, beautiful woods that are in Oregon and Northern California. And it was just so, so beautiful. So I had that in the back of my mind and we ended up up traveling quite a bit after getting the vaccine, and I'm so grateful for the random opportunities that came up. It was like we went to Colombia, and then I went to Guatemala, and we did a few local trips, and then I hosted a retreat last December. The year just felt very adventurous. This is why the word of the year thing never ceases to amaze me. It's just wonderful what can happen with just a one-word intention. So step one is find your word of the year, take some time to ponder it, to land on it, and make sure it feels really, really good in your body. About three years ago, I started putting together a playlist with uplifting, inspiring, and empowering songs. I originally did this for myself because I love music of all different genres, and every time I would notice a song that just made me feel good, I would add it to my self-love playlist, and now there are over 300 songs on my Spotify self-love playlist, and these tracks are perfect for when you're getting ready, trying to hype yourself up, or going through a struggle and need a reminder for how badass you are. If you love music as much as I do, then go to maryscupoftea.com slash playlist to get the Spotify link. It will ask you for your email so that I can send you this self-love playlist. And full transparency, this will also put you on my email list where I send out a monthly newsletter about stuff I'm thinking about, personal things, things I don't really share on social media, and all the happenings in the Mary's Cup of Tea world. So go to maryscupoftea.com playlist and let's start jamming to my self-love playlist together. Step two is you are going to create a chart. Again, whether that's digitally or in your journal, the left side of said chart is going to be titled more of dot dot dot. And the right side of the chart is going to be titled less of dot dot dot. And then Go through your calendar to see what events or meetings or trips you had in the past year, or maybe you want to resort to your camera roll and just see what you did that was memorable that you might have taken photos of, or maybe there's a journal, a daily journal that you had where you want to like skim it and just see what day-to-day looked like for you, what you were doing, what you were feeling. If you don't have a calendar or lots of pictures in your camera roll or a journal to look back on, I'm sorry, I cannot relate. (laughs) You seem to have mastered the art of being fully present in the moment, and I wish I was you, but I am not. And in that case, you might have to resort to your memory and just kind of do an inventory of every single month of the year, things you did, things that happened, people you hung out with people you talk to, and do an inventory of what you really enjoyed and also what you didn't enjoy. And then just start writing it down. And this part is really important because you're going to come up with more things as you start writing them down. So my list just kept on expanding, even though it started with just a few things. So I wrote down more of public speaking engagements, weekly time off, social media, my Shabbaticals, intentional podcast episodes, yoga classes, daily journaling, hence 100 days of self-love. I'm going to do a journaling challenge for myself at the beginning of this year, so I really want to keep that going. I want to create more like authentic video content and more like storytelling and showing myself kind of like how I do on the podcast. I want one to two long trips and a few short trips, spending time outdoors, more of money from podcast sponsors, going to the library and nightly reading, which is something I feel like I've gotten really good at the second half of this year, thrifting and playing with my style. That came out of going through my camera roll and being like, wow, Mary, you've come up with some good outfits, long-term brand partnerships, time with my little sister, writing, and I want a little more structure in the way that I work. I'm not 100% sure what that looks like yet, but I kind of walk into my office and find myself doing a lot of Dilly-dallying and task switching and just crossing things off of my to-do list. And it just doesn't feel as good as I want it to a lot of the times. So, on the less of column, I'm writing down everything that I want less of next year. So, retreats were the first one there because I don't have any planned for next year at this moment. Less of only posting trends on social media and not sharing my real voice and story, trying to please everyone. Worrying about money, second guessing myself, pretending like I don't work. This is funny because (laughs) basically, this came from our new neighbors moved in. We got new neighbors right here next door. And on Halloween, I remember we got to talking, and the husband and wife were asking me about what I do for a living. And I kind of panicked and said, I don't work. And boyfriend looked at me and he was like, what? (laughs) And I just lied because... I think there's a part of me that's a little ashamed of talking about like what I do, especially because these neighbors are like physicians and have this like really cool (laughs) jobs that seem really hard and really important. And sometimes I don't feel that way. The same thing with my friends. When they call me, they're always like, what are you doing? And I never tell them what I'm doing. I always say like nothing. What's up? What's going on? And I don't know why I always pretend like I don't work. I think it's because, like, I like to be available and I don't want people to know that I'm busy because I want to be, like, there for my friends. But I think there is this aspect of, like, if I can't fully explain what I do, then I just resort to pretending, like, what I'm doing is not that great. So anyway. I wrote that down. I don't want to pretend like I don't work anymore. Not taking a lunch break, less of that, less of eating at my desk, less of ruminating, feeling like I owe people unlimited access to my time, and less of task switching, which again goes to what I want more of, which is structure in the way that I work because sometimes structure creates freedom. So I feel like if in the coming year, I could have a little bit more of a schedule and a little bit more like confidence and boundaries with what I do. I think that that's going to give me a lot of the mental freedom that I'm craving. So this is just like a brain-dumped list. Of course, you can always add to it. And then step number three, after you've done your more of and less of chart, is to organize your intentions into categories. So this is where digital planning just becomes so much easier. So I have this like notion board. I'm gonna share the link with you in the description in case you're interested in seeing how I do things. And then if you do get into Notion, because I've gotten so many people hooked on it, you could just duplicate the page that I share with you and that can serve as a template for you to create your own categorized intention list. So the categories that I currently have for myself, and I was playing with these for a really long time because Obviously, life doesn't always fit neatly into categories, but I do like there to be a balance between like visual and this whole structure so that I have the mental freedom to do and be and become who I hope to be. So, with these categories, the ones I have are self, family, friends, career, creativity, and lifestyle. So, I would go to this more of list, specifically the more of list, and I would start organizing things. So for example, in self, I would put like yoga classes twice a week or spending more time outside. And then under family, I would obviously put time with my sister and maybe I would insert something about the wedding that we have coming up, which is family only. And I would start kind of like putting more specificity into these intentions. So with my career, for example, like this is when I would probably do a financial goal. So like make X amount from podcast brand sponsorships per month or under lifestyle. If I'm wanting to read more, then maybe I want to say like my intention is to read at least two books per month. And this is where you don't have to, but you can and it might be helpful to put some more like specific goals because that might make them feel a little bit more doable and achievable and give you more clarity. So self, family, friends, career, creativity, and lifestyle. These are kind of the categories that I came up with. Self is like self-explanatory, anything that's like mental, emotional, things to do with just you. Family, friends, we got that career, we got that. Creativity, this was my way of saying like hobbies. So last year, for example, I put learn Spanish under creativity because language learning felt like a more creative pursuit, something I'm doing just for fun, just because, and I put that under creativity. It doesn't have anything to do with anything else besides just wanting to learn the language. And under creativity, last year, I wrote like, write more poetry. And that didn't have any specific number or goal attached to it, but that's the beauty of intentions. Their lack of specificity is what creates freedom and It kind of just primes your brain, brain, primes your brain, (laughs) primes your brain for doing those things without you trying too hard. So, in summary, put specific goals. And if you need to attach specific numbers to things, that's totally fine if that's helpful. And I think in certain intentions, that makes sense. But don't worry about doing that for all of those because, like, how are you going to? get specific with something like, write 10 poems a month. I mean, that could be a very worthwhile goal, but for me, that just felt too forced. And I just wanted to set out an intention into the universe to be like, hmm, maybe I want to be a little bit more poetic with my writing. And that did come true because I included a lot of my poetry that I wrote last year in my new book, 100 Days of Self-Love, which is a book slash journal and something that I'm personally going to be visiting every single day of the beginning of 2023. I'm going to do like a 100 Days of Daily Journaling over on my Instagram, and hopefully you can join me. Oh, and as promised, the bonus step to this new year's intention setting process is to create some kind of mood board or vision board, either physically or I really like to use Notion for this. I'm sorry, I just can't say enough good things about Notion because it's helped me so much in planning and managing and feeling like I have my life together, even when I don't. So I create like mood boards, and this is where I do my intention setting. It's where I do my concrete goals. It's where I do everything. And I have absolutely no stake or affiliate relationship to Notion. I just really want everybody to get their life changed by their platform like mine was. So that is where I do this whole mood board and vision board. And I'm going to I'm just going to link what I did for last year down in the description. You can duplicate it. You can make your own. Once you start tinkering with it, it's going to get quite addicting, so beware. And I hope that this is helpful. And if you do end up following any of these steps or using Notion, please tag me on social media so we can geek out together. I am wishing you nothing but love and joy this holiday season. And a safe new year. Please, if you're doing something fun, please, please, please be safe and get home safely. I say that with heartbreak on my mind because I had a friend recently pass away when she was getting home late one Saturday night, and I just cannot stand for that happening to anybody else. So I hope that you stay safe and healthy and happy and You don't even have to be happy, like feel all your feelings, but I hope that joy overpowers them more often than not. Cheers to 2023. Let's hope that there's some magic in store for us. One last thing before we farewell, myself lovers. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. You can do this by searching for the show, Mary's Cup of Tea, scroll all the way down on Apple Podcasts, and you'll see stars where you can click one of the stars and leave a few kind words. It just means so much to me because I'm so behind the scenes when I'm podcasting, so I don't really get to see the impact of the show unless you leave a review. And on Spotify, there's just a button that says rate the show, and it'll let you put however many stars you want. Your feedback helps the podcast grow, and as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, your kind words mean the world to me. Thank you so much for supporting the show and helping me spread the gift of self love. I love you all so much and I will talk to you in next week's episode.